We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hey guys, welcome to Moo Mavs Party. This is Kirk Henderson, Editor-in-Chief of MavsMoneyBall.com. We are hosting the Spotify Live at about 10.45 on Monday, December 12th, for those of you listening in the future. Uh, the Mavericks held off the Oklahoma City Thunder in what was a shockingly back-and-forth game, which the Mavericks took control of uh, for, for most of the game, but the Thunder just would not go away, no matter how many points the Mavericks scored, no matter how many times Luka Doncic answered uh, with a bucket of his own, the, the Thunder would come right back. And, you know, I, I honestly just kind of talked with Josh, not really sure what to take away from this game, because in broad strokes, winning is good. Uh, and, you know, Luka played. That was good. Maxi played. That was really good. Josh Green did not play. Uh, his absence is going to be felt eventually. Uh, there were moments of it tonight, like every time Frank Milikina touched the ball and did something weird. Um, but, you know, we'll see. All right. So you guys know the drill. Invite yourself up on stage. Let's get off our takes and then maybe let's go to bed early because they play the Cleveland Cavaliers on Wednesday. And for some reason that game starts at 8 PM Dallas time, which makes no sense to me, but what do I know? Maybe there's a hockey game going on. So uh, right now we don't have too many speaker requests. So if you got something you want to say, now's an ideal time to hop up on stage. So coming up first is my man, Chris. Hey, good. How you doing? I'm okay. You know, um, honestly, like losing fantasy football matchups. That was kind of my, like that, that nightmare of a, of a Pats Cardinals game just crushed me i'm in like 12 leagues because i love fantasy football and i ended up losing like four of them just because of that game (laughs) (laughs) that's funny and yeah yeah, talk about the Cavs. they they lost by one against the spurs and so hopefully they're not pissed (laughs) god losing to the spurs is hard i don't we haven't even played them yet have we i don't think we have um but yeah I'm, i'm just glad we're not playing the thunder more than three times this year we only played them one more time and sometime later this year we'll go to you know okc but 
they are one team. They're the true test of a team that you let you think is bad that you can never let up on them. Like the entire game, even the last what minute. I mean, there it looked like they were going on a run there when we were up by eleven at one point, and it seemed maybe you dropped it down to like seven points or something. But you never know; they just don't quit. Uh, credit to them. I mean, I like that, but it's, they're very annoying to play against. And it yeah, seems yeah. like Dort. I mean, he didn't really play all that great this game, but it seems like all the times we watch the Thunder play, Dort's always like hitting threes on us. But dang, uh, Shea Gillis Alexander, he's he's crazy good, man. I wish we had him as our second playmaker on the team. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Well, and, and I understand why why people weren't were kind of skeptical of his game, but he's just he's really good. He's special. Yeah, um, he's he's crafty to get just he just knows how to get to the basket. I mean, and obviously his free throw, he's like ninety three percent from the free throw line, so he can he get has it. not missed an and one this season. Wow, <laughs> that is a crazy stat for me, at least. Yeah, and that team that's just crazy. How many how many draft? I mean, they got like a thousand draft picks coming up, and they could just they can go so many different ways. And it's just sad, sad with our team. Like I don't really know what they're going to do next summer. I mean, none sure. of us really know. But yeah, with Frank Nilakina being on playing, I mean, Jesus Christ, like he's he's just not I, good. He's not a he's good not. basketball player. I don't care how good his defense is. There's like ah, like if you can't score the ball, if you like, you're you're he's I think he's like one of his last ten from the floor. I, just, I can't handle watching him, and I know some people really like him. He's just not for me. I mean, I don't really get a say in this, so I guess it doesn't matter. I'm kind of surprised. I mean, why? I, I, I guess all the Master fans are thinking, why haven't they thrown out Hardy again? I mean, he's I mean, already tonight fighting. for defensive purposes. Like the Thunder are rangy and long, and I think Hardy might have gotten. There's some kind of debate on how big Hardy is. He does have quite the wingspan, but he's still, if anything, he's six three, six four. Like he's Lou Dort tight. Yeah, so. but um, with the maps hitting what twenty two threes, but they took like a million, like 50, 54. 54. So they, hit a four, yeah. they hit a forty percent clip. Yeah, I mean they're just live by the three, die by the three, and it's just sure. it's sad that whenever we're twenty five percent or whatever one night and then missing ten free throws, I mean it doesn't matter how much Lucas scores, like we're just not going to our defense and the team. I don't know how what they can do to improve on the on that. I mean just our defense is horrible, and if we're not clicking. Obviously, by on the three point line, I mean we're going to have these well, games. Is not, so the numbers are are better than it feels like with the eye test because they do some things pretty well. It's you know tonight they out rebounded the Thunder, which helps. I mean that was kind of the the saving grace, particularly on the offensive end. Yeah. Um, so it's you know it could just be going against the teams that are like quick on a tra- in transition, especially sure. if maybe Luke is complaining want uh, about something or. or you know, if we're not making our threes, then it seems like a team just goes back real quick and just makes a layup on us. And but um, you know, it's good. This is the first test right here. <laughs> beat a bad team, beat a team that you're supposed to be. And actually the Thunder really aren't a bad team. They no. just have a bunch of unknowns that that can play. So um uh, Isaiah right. Joe and and you know, we all we all know who Dort is, but there's another one. Uh, Dort had uh, kind of a rough night. Like Dort, but his shooting is weird. If you were to like click his game log, he has particularly terrible shooting nights. And he's him and Giddy kind of secretly help like stealth tank them at times. Um, but I, I <clears throat> Luca, I think loves and hates going against Dort because Dort just beats the hell out of it. <laughs> you got hammered so many plays. I've got to, and you know, I was trying to think about this team, and I think we are far, I think we are worse off this year than what we are were last year because last year you can make those excuses. Luca coming in I mean, out of Luka shape. Didn't play most injuries, of COVID. December. 
Yeah, this year is we had an easy ass schedule going into the season. Nobody has been injured yet, really. Yeah. I mean, there's been no COVID misses. I mean, uh, really, it's just it sucks, but it, it is what it is. We, we are where we are. You're just gonna have to grind out wins. I mean, and just I mean, the, like the West is wide open too. So yep. just keep trying to win wins and go from there. But yeah, hopefully we can get another win on Wednesday, and I'll be at that game like I said on Friday. So hopefully, yeah, we can which are they playing Friday? Oh, uh, the Trailblazers. That'll be a fun game. Yeah, yeah. I think that – oh, the the last time I saw them in the Trailblazers uh, go against, it was the first time – I was one of the season openers a few years ago. When they first started doing the challenging, we were like the first team that ever uh, – that lost against a challenge. Uh, I can't remember how that game ended. I just I just rem- remember that if the other team challenged it and it was not in our favor and we ended up losing the game by like one or two points. So, yeah, <laughs> that was the game I went to. So. All right, man. Hopefully we'll talk uh, a little later this week, okay? Yes, sir. Have a good day. All right. Talk soon. All right. right, Coming up next, we got uh, Rain. Welcome back, Rain. How you doing? Give Rain a second. He's probably – I haven't called on him this early. We don't have anybody that want to talk tonight. So we'll see how things go. Um, How you doing? Not letting Rain talk at the moment. Give him a second to figure out the audio. Um, Rain, I'm going to punch you and then invite yourself back up, and we'll see if we can uh, if we can figure this out. Random notes in the chat, you know, 16 rebounds on the offensive end is a lot, which is which is the case. Um, or offensive rebounds is, is certainly the thing. Rain, how you doing? Let's let's try this again. All right, how's it going this time? Good, good. Thank you. Good. Well, I, I missed about half the game, so I have no idea what, what happened in the first half. But to piggyback a little bit from what we said before, what are we doing playing Frank and Aquino? Um, I know that Jaden Hardy probably would have been eaten tonight, but I'm kind of of the opinion that you need to let that happen a little bit for, just so we can learn how to work around that. Sure. Um, on top of that, I think something we managed to win on a rebounding, which is kind of astounding, but I don't know how with playing five out offense with a bunch of not particularly athletic dudes that we can ever really be a good offensive rebounding team. If we don't have people that can sprint in to get that ball after it bounces, Josh Green can do so. Green and, and Dorian are about it. Dorian had five offensive rebounds and no defensive rebounds. <laughs> yeah, so w- with the amount of athleticism we have, it does look a bit difficult to me. On top of that, let's just hope Dorian, um, not Dorian, uh, THJ continues this heater he's on and builds up his value enough that he might be a movable, not even necessarily a positive asset, just not a negative asset, so we can you know, fool someone else into thinking that he's okay and use him as just a contract. Sure. Um, beyond that, like, he's capable of putting up 20, but he has to hit eight threes to do so. And Wood played, from what I saw today, pretty terribly um, beyond that little stretch at the end. But I will say, at the end of the day, Wood can do more than shoot up, put up a bunch of threes. And if he's not shooting, he can attack the basket. Um, even if today his decision making on his shots was not the best, number of times it looked like he could have, could have tried to go past his man, but instead he decided to just take like a jump shot 
don't understand it, but it is what it is. We got the win, and um, I guess we'll just live with it. Yeah, I mean, that's... Realistically, so, I, like, those of us who do... Who, who participate in something like this, it, it's one of these things where we are frustrated with how the team is going. We are frustrated with elements of the process. But at the end of it, you would still take a win that you don't have a ton to say over a loss every day of the week. We want them to win. 1,000%. Although, I mean, despite, you know, despite how the Bucks down went, watching it back, there was a lot of positive to take back. It's just, if we could hit some fucking three throws, holy shit. Um... I think they did better tonight. I just had the box score pulled up. Let me pull it back up. I think they were... Last I checked, it was like 18 of 21. I'll take that compared to some of the stuff they've done prior. 18 of 21 is not bad. If we hit, you know, that percentage, that Bucks game would have been a wash. Oh, 100%. I mean, that was Um, like, like, you know, you're, you're... I don't know if you saw this just because I'm I'm guessing your, your, your day's on a different path than us, but... Mark Cuban made news this morning in America. I mean, news is kind of a strong term, but he basically ex- exchanged some messages with uh, Dallas Morning News' Brad Townsend and basically made note of the correct fact that if the Mavericks had just hit some more free throws, that they would have won like five more games. Um, and it it frustrated me in the sense of it. he's 100% correct, but it felt like, like just – Every time he's in the news, I cringe because I'm just like, why? No, like, is any other owner doing this? But he was right. He's right about this. Like, the free throws is a really simple thing. I just, I don't think any of our other criticisms are are somehow lacking just because, some like, the free throws, if we're honest, they're all Luca. Like, almost all of them are Luca. Like, Luca hits one more of his four of ten the other night than this is a different deal. You know what? As mad as we were at Jimmy and Reggie, those guys, or I'm sorry, Dorian, those guys weren't, those are their first free throws. So. No, I just said agree. I also saw you said something else about, uh, the shot, about, uh, what's his name? Giannis and the shot, the violation of free throws. That was such whining. I get it, but it's also like, that's not why we lost. We lost because they they missed seven, they, they missed eight free throws in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and, and, and in hindsight, we should have known the game was also a wash the minute their best player went out because we can't play when the opposing team is missing their best player. Okay. Um, but on top of that, maybe we might be in the part of the year where Reggie remembers that he is actually a pretty good basketball player and can actually shoot. Holy shit. You know, if we can... You know, if if we can go back in those previous games and plug him in to hit two, maybe three, maybe um, three pointers, we also probably win another couple more games. But I also go back and hate the argument. Oh, if we just make one more three, it's like, well, maybe we should be able to put up more than just a hope and a prayer. That That's that would be nice when we have possibly the best basketball player in the world on the team. Um. So yeah, where do we go from here? Same as we've always said. This is this is a wild stat for you, Reggie. Tonight was Reggie's just fourth game of the season where he has hit three or more three pointers. 
That's that's for as much as he's played and for as many threes as he's taken, that's kind of wild to me. Kind of wild. But, you know, like you said, I would rather him start to turn the corner. Yep. I mean, it is December. Um, from what I saw, he typically heats up more towards January. But, hey, maybe he'll start a little bit earlier. I'll take signs We'll, we'll take it. Yeah. We'll take like it. I expect him to hit 40% every game. I just want to see something that gives me hope towards the future. And I think tonight's game was an example of that. I also think um, tonight was another example of how much impact Green has that doesn't show up in the box score. There is... I mean, towards the end, things just got messy, very messy, and that is where predictable Green excels. Mm-hmm. Green it's, is like that that X factor where you don't really know what's going to happen. I felt like those turnovers were on their way. <laughs> it was really painful to watch too. It definitely wasn't. Uh, I mean. Also, we had a good game from Spencer. He's been down and the feeling a little bit down a little bit lately, but we'll take him back on the rise. That's right. Great, Spencer. And, You're right about that. Near near triple double. So yeah, I mean, ten assists. I I missed the first half, so I don't know how many turnovers he really had, but I mean, almost makes up for the turnovers he had in the last two games. Um, but yeah, as you know, as we've always said. Maybe if Wood could start. I see a lot of people talking on Reddit about maybe we should go for uh, the guy on the Hawks. But he and Wood are basically the same dude, minus a little bit of offense for defense, vice versa. Oh, contract to take on, too. That's, I don't really see how It's that a big contract. Possible. It's a lot of assets to, to, to bring yeah. him back on. Sorry for talking over you there. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's... 3 p.m. and I don't have to be depressed for the rest of the day. So that's that's a nice feeling. Well, good man. We'll talk soon. I hope you come back on uh, one of these games. We've got a couple of couple more. So we'll talk soon. All right. All right. Talk soon. Thanks for that. All right. Let's go next with uh, Tom. Hi, Tom. Welcome back. Hey, Kirk. You got me. I do. Welcome to the show. Hey. Um. Just wondering, I've heard you sort of speaking about Spencer's passing being a bit off in a few of your most recent podcasts, and I've sort of heard it's either Nick or Isaac on the Locked On saying they've just noticed his assist rate going gradually up over the last, I don't know, couple of weeks or so. And with today's 10 assist game, and he could have had a couple more, I think, where Dwight missed in that first quarter, a couple of young dunks. Do you think um, Spencer's finally maybe starting to get a bit more of that playmaking ability at all? I've just sort of... So this is a very good question, Tom. This is a very good question, and I think it's it's important to sort of make this distinction. When Spencer is running the offense and, like, driving and kicking, it's a matter of whether his teammates are making shots, just like with Luca. What I witnessed when I talk about whether Spencer can pass, the oops that he threw to Dwight Powell were atrocious. (laughs) Like, he's – and granted, Luca may have spoiled me. Throwing alley-oops is is an art. So I'm being a bit of a prick about it. But it's just kind of wild to me because the way the offense schemes, if you get deep enough, what Luca does for Powell is basically throw the ball right over the rim. What we've seen with Spencer a number of times is he just he misses it by about six inches, which 
again, I'm being kind of hypercritical here, but it's enough to where it's like, yeesh. Now, what I will say is I'm glad that he's trying because I do think that with enough practice in game situations, maybe they start to connect. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think he's starting to do it a bit, go for those oops a bit more. And I, I don't know. I feel like they're getting closer. But yeah, you might be right. Maybe um, those ones were just a bit off to Dwight, and that's why he couldn't get those two gems. In the well, first I'll remember there. this from the rest of my life. When Luca was a rookie, he and DeAndre Jordan could not connect on alley oops. It was rough yeah. for a while. <laughs> And now look at what Luca does. So I just think it's a matter of practice. Like these guys are so skilled. I feel I'm pretty. I'm pretty hopeful. It's just when he misses one badly, it really upsets me. <laughs> oh yeah, it's hard to watch, especially after seeing Luca like throw them up out of nowhere and just in the perfect spot. That's right. That's right. All right. All right that's about all I've got, Kirk. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Thanks, Tom. Talk soon. Okay, we're talking longer than I thought. This is nice. Um, let's go to Brandon. How are we doing? Kirk, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. It's, uh, these Monday games, they always kind of throw me for a loop because I'm just like getting through the day, and then it's, oh, hey, three more hours, four more hours of work basketball. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wondered the players if they rather play coming off of the weekend like on a Monday, if they rather play going into a weekend like on a Saturday early. I bet these dudes are just thrilled to not have back-to-backs. Because, like, the Mavericks played – they played Friday, Saturday after playing, I want to say, Monday, Tuesday – or Tuesday, Wednesday. It's like these guys are playing a ton of basketball this month. They have 17 games in December. It seemed like it's totally different than what – last year, it seemed like they had a lot of stretches between when they played. I I would be like, man, when are these guys playing? Or I would look and I wouldn't see many back-to-backs, but this year – it's like back-to-back space, then another back-to-back. So I guess I wonder, that's a good question. I wonder if they're getting a lot of them out of the way. Because I feel like we have seen – we just went through two back-to-backs. They have another this Friday and Saturday. And I feel like they played a number in um, – uh, what was it? Yeah, there's, there's one here in October. There's another in November. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. That's Because in, they – my understanding was at one point in time, they, they really don't want teams to have more than like 12 to 14 back-to-backs. Mm. The Mavericks have played at least six, and we're only halfway through December. I, I kind of wonder with the Mavericks, Mavericks season not being, uh, I guess, as competitive or as exciting as the other teams in the division, if – NBA would ever consider flexing games like the NFL flex games to to put more competitive teams on prime time. They do, but they have to wait until football is done. Mm-hmm. So if you were to like check the Lakers schedule and if they're not like they have a ton of backloaded uh, NBA TV or like NBA uh, national television games starting like February 10th or so, those start to get flexed off. But wow. right now, it's it's certainly not the case, which, like, it drove me nuts last year when the Mavericks used to get – they got waxed on national TV. I want to say at one point in time, they had lost, like, nine straight national TV games. It was just awful to cover them. It's like, cool, hey, the Ma- – because it's like the Christmas Day game last year was yeah. uh, Jalen Brunson and Chris Stapps Porzingis leading the way against the Jazz, and they got, they, got, they got the shit kicked out of them. It's like, that was fun. So, we, I, we'll – We'll see more. I mean, the Mavericks at the moment, they actually have a pretty good amount of national TV games second half of the year. It's nice. I mean, and to me, I, it's like whenever they play on ABC, it sucks because 
I'm like, these dudes don't even watch the Mavericks, so they'll find a point and just go all over it. I'm like, man, sure. it's going to be terrible. The way that they just make the Mavericks seem like the freaking Washington Generals. But <laughs> it's terrible. But, I mean, um, I think today it kind of showed that the Mavericks – well, well, I, I, I kind of have to give, in a way, kids some credit because I noticed that um, – I was looking at the shots and I noticed that they weren't taking the same – type of shots in the second half as they were in the first half. Um, I mean, they still shot a lot of threes, but it seemed like they were more um, where they were shooting. It was more consistent in the second half, but it's still not a lot of, still not a lot of in-game adjustments with these guys. And I, I kind of had to believe that, you know, to, in, in a kid's defense in some ways, because I mean, you just can't, they don't have the talent to adjust. And just like the last quarter, I mean, to me, if the Thunders had good defenders and they would have blitzed the Mavericks, they could have, like on a full court press, they could have made it hard for those guys to, you know, to get past half court. Because I remember in the playoff time, uh, I believe when they were playing the Clippers one time, the Clippers had blitzed them. And Tim and a couple of guys were having a hard time coming off a of half court. Um, oh, gosh, so- yeah. So a friend of mine, that has more that that writes for 538 has more advanced data at his fingertips shared with me that Luca actually gets picked up the furthest from the basket more frequently than any other player in the NBA like he gets picked up on average at half court so because the basketball feet basketball court's 90 feet long i think that's right 94 mm-hmm. feet long so he gets picked up at around 48 feet uh, almost every almost every time, which like Curry gets picked up at like forty five feet, something like that. So the goal with most teams is to try to wear Luca down and make him pass it to other guys. I think that that what you just suggested is is probably a small, but the the flip side is you have to have the defenders that can actually do it. Um, Lou Dort is a is one who can do it. Like that dude, that dude reminds me of like a psychotic middle linebacker. He was just all up on Luca the whole time. Really effective stuff. A pest, and that's. It seems like whenever people have Luca has those pests on him, it's kind of hard for him. Um, but you may remember this game. I believe they were playing the Clippers, and it was like the fourth quarter, and um, it was a couple of ten second violations called on the Mavs because they couldn't get it past half court. And I'm like, man, it, I, I believe Tim was in the game. Um, it could have been Jalen that was in the game as well, too, one of the games where he wasn't playing very well. And I was like, man, it's just they, they were really exposed. And I'm kind of surprised that teams didn't really, you know, don't really just, like, expose the Mavs ball handling by trying push to push them more often. I agree. Push them more often. I really agree because there was one play towards the final two minutes where Reggie had to dribble from, like, the corner to half court. Yeah. And it was – it needed, like, Benny Hill music. Because yeah, he's just not a confident dribbler. Yeah, throw him and Frank in the backcourt is gonna be trouble. <laughs> yeah, but and, and one more thing, I just I just feel like you know Josh Green, he kind of you know is developing, and if you think about some of the uh, some of the old school greats that really just like um, kind of reinvented themselves, like I mean he'll never be a Scotty Pippen, but just him for example. If you remember, Scotty wasn't a good outside shooter. You know he wasn't good at slashing right. but over a while he kind of developed that that baby sky hook from the free throw line and he got kind of nice with that mid-range jay even sean marion whenever he lost his his ups you know that. he kind of know what shot you're talking about it was like a 10 foot turnaround that was weird as shit yeah i love watching it every time 
yeah, he took a page out of Kareem's book, but you know, and guys like that, they, you know, they kind of just worked on their crafts and developed themselves. And I'm kind of like, you know, that's what, you know, some of the older guys like Dorian them, they got to, you know, think outside the box and think about how they can reinvent themselves because, you know, they're not, they're not getting any better doing the same thing. That's true. Though I will say, I think Dorian over the last three seasons has gotten a lot better going off the dribble. Whereas I remember like Luca's second year where he really started to break out and shooting. I was like, okay, that's all he can do. And then kid gave him some credit, some freedom last year to, to slash to the basket. He's had some nice like rim rock and dunks, but the, any sort of like offensive stuff where it's like, if, uh, you gotta be, there are certain guys in the Mavericks who it's like, if you want to give them the ball, they have to be dribbling with a direction <laughs> because it's like if Dorian yeah. puts the ball on the floor and like sizes somebody up, it's like, Oh no. <laughs> I think Dorian, I think Dorian worked really hard to get to where he's at. If you remember, people kind of looked at him as, and it was kind of crazy how they just considered him to be like a high energy guy that just come out and just run around and really didn't have a role. Just give him good minutes. Oh, just a clap. But now he kind of, you know, he, he he was like a two-point-a-minute guy, played like 15 minutes. Him and Maxie were just like, sure. I guess, high-energy guys, but they created their own style. Maxie became a defender, and Dorian became, you know, kind of, I guess what you want to call it, a 3-and-D guy, which, you know, his rookie year and his second year, probably wouldn't imagine it from him or, or even from Maxie. Well, I watched Dorian shoot like a billion three-pointers at two summer leagues, and I was ready to cut bait, which <laughs> – he was 23, 20, maybe he was like 24 at that time. Yeah. And then he comes into Luca, and then the last third of the year, I think he starts, he goes from shooting like mid, it's like kind of low 30s, and all of a sudden he's hitting 38% from three. And then he starts off the next year, Luca's, that was the year the Mavericks started off with KP, him and Luca and KP looking amazing. Mm-hmm. And Luca, or, and Dorian started off kind of rough, and then he just found it again and sort of has never looked back. I mean, Dorian has been, Probably the other than you know, like obviously drafting Luca and Brunson, Dorian has probably been the Mavericks' single biggest success in terms of front office, both you know, free agency drafting because you know, he was, a, he was an undrafted guy. Yeah, anybody I can't think of really anybody else in the last 10 years other than Dorian. JJ was JJ, uh, JJ wasn't drafted, JJ by was, but if you think back to it, JJ was drafted an undrafted free agent guy in like 2006. <laughs> yeah. He was with the team for a long time. For a long time. Went to Minnesota and came back. But yeah. Yeah. Dorian. And, and this one last thing. Um, Rick, I mean, to credit him, like I said before, he he's not super at developing people, but what he did to a lot of those teams, you know, to to make something out of nothing was was kind of, you know, a testimony of his ability to coach. Like I said, his he would micromanage timeouts and call sets and kind of take the guys' confidence away whenever they could probably play back through it. But to what you know, to what he did, kind of like you said about Tim, they gave him a, a job and Tim would fulfill it. And I think a lot of that uh, attributes that they have now goes back to you know Rick really making them guys good at what they can do. Yeah. Uh, well, this has been fun. You got anything else? Nah, nah, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Sure. Talk soon back here on wednesday because i can't every time i'm like i don't know if i want to do one of these tonight then i'm like ah, i'm gonna have a bunch of people mad at me if i don't this is advertiser content brought to you by frito-lay hello i'm chip murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament tonight we'll break down we break down who will be cutting cut what are you two doing sorry chip 
Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Frank, how you doing, buddy? Hey, can you hear me? Frank, you there? Yeah, I got you. There we are. Uh, I'll keep it quick. You were talking about hearing uh, Cuban... Talk about if we made a few more free throws. I think Chuck Cooper's scene came out with like a more official thing. If, if we had just hit league average, whatever it was like 76.8 or 78.6, blah, 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 that we would have five more wins yep. and then one of the games would have went to overtime. So that's a toss-up based on that. So that puts us like tied for second or first, If which I know is just – but I'm just elaborating on what – Sure. No, no, it's it's worth pointing out. I mean my my sort of counter to that is that the the – I want to say that the uh, Memphis Grizzlies might be the worst they are, free throw they are. percentage team in the league. Yeah, and they're doing just fine. Uh, we are <laughs> the worst, like, clutch or fourth quarter or something. We're the worst in the league when it comes to the fourth quarter. Yeah, which, I mean, it's it's still relatively small sample size. So it's like they can get it together. But, like, the uncomfortable element of Is it, though? It's 25% of the way through the season. Well, but the, the, the it comes back to the fact that it's all Luca. Like when Luca shoots, you know, ten of the twenty four or whatever it is you shoot per game, and if he's off, then it drags the percentages down. And he's been ass. Indeed, yeah. And then Cuban um, made me think you were talking about him. Have you or or, or Maz Moneyball? Have you guys uh, are you guys trying like get him back on, or is he just like ignoring all else? Is he leaving? No, I don't ask. He asked me last time. That's a good question. He asked me, and, you know, I've got a lot of heat for not being an unruly dick to him, which is just, you know, I'm, I'm not an asshole to people. I'm an asshole about things. And I don't really, you know, I would chat with him again, I suppose, but I don't want to get, like, I don't want to get into an argument with the owner of the team. Like, that's not, that doesn't serve either of us, you know? If, if he would spend a little less time worrying about local media and a little more time worrying about making the team better, everybody would be happier. Yeah. Do you buy into like when people post those screenshots of like, you know, this person, this high profile person liked this dumb tweet or something? Do you buy into that? Or do you think that stuff screenshot? He oh, liked I think, no, no. Cuban loves screen like using Twitter as a means to highlight things he both agrees and disagrees. Well, dude, he he liked a tweet the other day. I'm sure you saw it where it was like, get Luca help or Luca has no help. I don't yes. know. I just I'm like, did he either? He disagrees. With that. He, I, I feel pretty confident in that. He, like. Mark wants to make the team better. Like, I'm not that asinine about it. It's just, it's like they had a plan set out in 2020, which was to keep cap space open and figure out a way to go sign Giannis and not flood their books. And in 2022, they don't have Giannis. They don't have a second star and they have really bad books. And so it's just like, man, they walked into the trap that they didn't want to set for them. Well, dude, you're incredibly profound and, at my request, you should. You guys should totally be trying to get him back on there. I know you guys talked about 
kind of botched. You guys punted the first one. You know, he probably caught you guys off. My son's birthday. My wife was so fucking mad at me that I was doing this. Indeed. Yeah, but it'd be great to hear you guys give it. Not, not really give it to him, but I mean, like, don't not say what you want to say because not, not, that, not that you didn't, but just no, I didn't. I but to- it. It's like like my question would have been like explain why you kept Donnie Nelson on staff when he was utterly unprepared for 2019 free agency and then stormed out of the draft room in 2020. Why did you keep why did you try to extend him? He's not going to answer that. I wouldn't blame no, of course him. not. That's that's like yeah, I mean it's he's they asked Jay Kidd, "Oh, how did you how did uh, JaVel Gamigi? Oh, I thought he was good on offense and he, like he's not going to tank their value by right. telling you that. Just look at him. Uh they'll pan okay. Somebody throws the ball out of bounds and then they pan to him and what he's doing, he's scratching his head like, oh my, like that there, there's your real, that's the real answer when you, when you see him scratching his head and, you know, yeah. you know, we talk that's about right. oh, hands in the pocket, not coaching. He maybe, uh, and I'm not to, not to justify not being an active coach, but maybe he's just so fed up with how shitty of a roster he was handed. It's like, oh, I get to coach Luca, but then you also have to try to, dig these guys up with no skill out of the mud. So he's just getting frustrated because you, you know, he's obviously an asshole. He's just doing a lot better job. As a... For sure. Kid's hilarious about that sort of stuff. But, well, thanks so much, Frank. Yeah. Anything else? No, nah, man. Have a good night. See ya. All right. Talk soon. Let's go to Logan. Hey, Logan, what's going on? How's it going? Just enjoying a beverage. Nice. Probably shouldn't be having a beverage. You got to work in the morning, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, so I thought it's interesting that like what you think would be missing with Josh Green, I guess you can say is missing whatever, like energy, some wing defense, right? Like his best traits. But what's funny is the Mavs have so much of a need for like connective passing and guys putting the ball on the ground and, and attacking that like, even though that's like his thing that he's developing, which just kind of goes back to you've said before, like if he's this important, that's really bad. But I just think it's funny that like even more glaring than the defense and the energy is like that he's one of the only, he's like the third guy that makes passes and puts the ball on the floor besides Dinwiddie. And so like, and that's why Frank had, that's why Frank had to put the ball on the floor a lot tonight. You're like, why would the guy playing Josh's minutes dribble that much? And it's like, Oh wow. We have needed Josh to do that. Cause He's like attacking screens a lot more and uh, just in general, like they're kind of like giving him leeway to do that. And he's kind of becoming one of those. I mean, like, you know, the term connecting passers and people think of like Lonzo Ball or like Joe Ingles. Like those are like some of the really good ones. And I have a lot of faith he's going to end up being that. But I just think it really shows like the necessity or the necessities of some of the players have, but also just like what the roster lacks that when you're missing him, you're like, Oh wait, he is the third ball handler. No, even though we don't like that, you know, like even though that's crazy, but, but it kind of proves itself out when he's not out there. Cause Frank was for a quarter. What you're describing is what Jack Donaghy, Donaghy and 30 rock described as the third heat for their <laughs> GE convection oven. Josh green is the third heat. <laughs> And as much as it pains me to agree, I absolutely do. Because he just brings that little bit element of weird. Just, it, he he doesn't know what he doesn't know quite yet. Yeah. And the Mavericks need that. Well, with, with Luca out there, it 
makes things a little bit it's just kind of like a change up pitch to the fastball you know it's kind of yeah. obvious he's fastball but and then when spencer's out there it's like spencer can't do this on his own so and like you we were talking about spencer's passing earlier i mean i kind of agree with you that just the driving kick stuff he's fine but it's not just the lobs it's he just takes a long time to process what the hell's going he on in front of him. shit that drives me crazy. <laughs> like I used to think Brunson couldn't see stuff, but now I understand that Rick was basically like, "Hey, you're out here to score," uh-huh. and that that was one of his beefs with Carlisle. But Spencer does not see passes. <laughs> like it's really like it's it drives me crazy. He would he would take so many sacks as a quarterback. Mm. <laughs> which yeah. I think the, the basketball version is there being like eight seconds left and being like, I don't really know if we have, I don't really know if this possession possession has a plan here and it doesn't, or he couldn't see it. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, it's just like so clear with all this trade talk and stuff. Like oh, if it's not a, Oh, go ahead. I, thank God I wasn't on the internet because <laughs> look, I love, I just, I need to get this off my chest. So sorry, Logan. I love all y'all who love spending time coming up with fake trade shit. My my homie Lauren Gunn enjoys doing that. There's a lot. Dalton loves doing it. I haven't seen trading from nobody ever. If they give up anything to go get a player for this season with this team, they deserve what's coming to them. Yeah, I don't. I truthfully believe there will be no picks or Josh Green or Jane Hardy involved in anything. No, I, nor I, should I, they at this point. Like what? Unless the Mavericks are committed to getting worse, they shouldn't do anything. I do. I can see a role player swap type okay. scenario. Okay. But well, all I was going to say was when it comes to the John Collins thing, is like if they don't just get a ball handler, decision maker. It's like malpractice. Like, it's so glaring. That's what they need. We, me and my friends were watching the Pelicans, and they don't really have a pure point guard. And they started to have a couple possessions that went awry. Zion's getting the ball really late. And we're like, man, they need a table setter. But, like, they have, like, three guys averaging five assists. And it's like they have more passing than a team with Luka, who is the greatest passer. And you know what I mean? That's freaking crazy that like teams that don't even have like a primary initiator have more collective playmaking. And it's just like, I've always been really into that as like a concept of just like something that's important. And being a fan of this team has made it like, buddy, you had no idea how much you, you know what I mean? So yeah, no, I do. I do. Yeah. Well, but that's all. Thanks for hanging out. I don't, I don't mean to be too negative. If we would have beat the bucks, we would have beat the Bucks. It set us back like two weeks. It it, it just we needed that one. All well, the, that all was a his like that was a historic loss in a season that has had at least two other historic losses. <laughs> and we're <laughs> only twenty five games in. Well, that was the real rub. It it was really it was really fun up until we lost. They were playing with a lot of energy, and we'd be fifteen and twelve. Like I'd assume we'd lose in Chicago, and tonight would have seemed like because I'm being really negative, but if we were to beat the Bucks tonight, would have been like, man, I'm glad we got out of that you know weird Monday night with the Thunder, and instead it's like, and eh, there's a lot of stuff we don't really like here. You know what I mean? It's just like it's so different off of one, especially with the standings all crowded. But sure, sure. Well, thanks, Logan. We'll talk all soon. All right, talk soon. All right, Mr. Mr. Green, take us home. You're our last caller. Give you a second to find that unmute button. 
Um, G'day. How you doing? How are you, buddy? Yeah, all right. You make our third Southern Hemisphere caller this evening. Welcome. Well, we're setting a trend out here, mate. I fucking love that. You know, like, you know, Australia is our fourth, our fourth biggest downloader. I did some stat polling last night. Go ahead. So, what, what do you think of this evening? I want to give you a bold prediction of where we're heading for the rest of the year, mate. And it's uh, firmly attached to Mark Cuban's wallet. So, just having a quick look at the luxury tax tax situation, um, and we're over the cap. The fact that Christian Wood played 20 minutes and only got eight points, and it's pretty obvious that kid doesn't want him on the team. So what I think we're going to do is I think we're going to offload Wood at the deadline, so we're only a few days away. Um, to where, we try can start. where we can start, what you mean, for the deadline, yeah. Yep. So um, I'd say that Wood's going. Um, I'd say that Cuban wants the team under the salary cap, uh, under the luxury tack. <laughs> yes, okay, okay. Um, so I dare say that um, I don't think Wood will be playing too many more games with us. Um, i got a funny – because we, we, we don't have a pick, do we? It's going to the Knicks. So there's no, there's no benefit for us to tank unless – what, is it a top 10 protected pick or yes. something similar? Yes. So I don't think we can fall under that, but I'd say that um, Wood and some salary will be going, and I'd say that we're going to try and get some picks. I think we're going to write the write the rest of the season off and just see what we can do with the guys we've got. And I think that um, Bertons or Hardaway will probably accompany Wood. Um, I think you know, we'll get a hard way is like selling a house that's on fire. I don't know if you can. Like you, you've got to find a desperate buyer that thinks that it's like. Honestly, I hate to be. I'm, this is wish casting, but I think like the Lakers and Hardaway make some sense because they need some damn shooting. Like they need a guy willing to take some shots. But I also think Hardaway's not the kind of guy they would actually trade for just because he's so damn inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, look, um, no one's going to argue with the inconsistency part. Um, but man, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta do something as well. You know, um, they're so it, weird. It could, it, could, it could be possible that Atlanta want a bit more shooting. They see they need, Wood. They as, miss Kevin Herter. Oh, do they ever? Um, and you know, I, I I just don't have any good feelings about where we're at. I mean, Cuban's notoriously tight. We're in the luxury tax zone. The big signing that we used to clear salary, um, you know, get rid of Boban and the and the bench crew, that hasn't worked out or, you know, we haven't given it a chance to work it out. I just don't have any good feelings about trying to strengthen our position. And, you know, we've been playing very, very average. And the fact that we still have no offense, the fact that our proposed defense is, you know, like a colander, it's just full of holes. Um, it's just so embarrassing to walk. I mean, I know Shea's a great player, but just he just walks through our defense that many times, especially after made baskets. So frustrating. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, I, I, I think that we've got a rough, uh, a rough three quarters of the season to go because, um, I think there's a big shake-up coming, and, and it's going to be in a in a way that none of us are going to feel good about. Man, we're about to find out because it's just it's it's. I keep looking at the schedule, and it's you know they they if they throw some things together, maybe I, I just I don't know. 
I just don't know. I hate it because it's on the one hand, so it's like looking ahead. So everybody knows this. We'll just talk about it. They go Cleveland, Portland, Cleveland, Minnesota, Minnesota, Houston, Los Angeles. That is is tough on paper. But on the flip side, I think they could annihilate like the Wolves. Because the Wolves are just as fucking weird. And I think Portland is a facade of a team. Like when they're cooking, like Dame Dame Lillard's uh, apparently has hit like a bajillion threes tonight. Just like you catch a team on the off night that where the shooting's not working and the Mavericks can do some dangerous things. I mean, Cleveland, I think, is going to be a brutal, like a brutal awakening for the Mavericks. Is there a huge long team with guys in the paint? It's going to be tough for Luca to score. But you know, I, every time I sort of like doubt the team, Luca comes through. So maybe it's it's maybe it's getting through the month of December with about 500, just like last year, and then hoping they can go go on a little bit of a run. Uh, look, you've said it many times to win 75% of your games. It's, you know, it's That's so impossible. highly. Yeah, they're not winning 50 plus this year at this rate, but I do think they could finish 45 and 37, for example. Yeah, they, they definitely don't look like a, a 50 win team. Um, this year. I mean, I, look, I know there's been some terrible losses um, and it probably would be a lot different if you were to take five losses off our column and st- stick them in the W column, but the team is stagnant. Um, we don't, we just don't have that talented person that can take the ball at the hoop apart from Spence and and Luca, you know, and and we need two on the floor at all times, and that can't happen because there's the third guy's just not there. That's right. It's tough, man. Tough. It is, but hey, at least we got to win tonight. Thanks for joining again. Thanks, Kirk. Appreciate it, buddy. Absolutely. I lied. We got one more caller, Addison. What's going on? Hey, Kirk. How are we feeling, man? I'm all right. Where are you calling in from again? You, Dylan. Outstanding, man! Just beautiful summer four, afternoon right here. <laughs> you, you make four Southern Hemisphere callers. This, this, I, I love this. So, um, so what's going on? Representing, yeah. Hey, I've just been seeing a lot of um, my online. Obviously, there's been some of my rumors going out of you know guys like John Collins, which I'm not a fan of. But like, I think this is coming back. So, I have a feeling that making the Western Conference Finals might end up biting us quite badly because you've seen it with past teams like the Hawks made the Western Conference Finals the Nuggets did the Trailblazers did and they've all just kind of stagnated and especially with a team like us who our roster wasn't even as talented overall as their rosters were I'm just worried that we kind of lead in the same way of going like oh we were right on the doorstep we're so close like Let's make it all in trade now. Let's give away all of our future pieces. I just think the best way to do it is to not rush. Like we've seen the Hawks do when they traded away their three first round picks to John Carr for DeJounte Murray, and now they're just in mediocrity. Like we just can't do that. We can't afford another Chris Epps putting his piece that doesn't work out. So I, I don't know what the overall vibe of the, the Mavs group at the moment is, but I'm, I'm very much wanting to reserve, at least for this season and maybe this off-season, just kind of hold out a bit to see what we're doing and maybe clear some space off the books. Because at the moment, we're just not in a place to go all in. And I feel like if we do it, that could just be 
kicking Luca out the door, and I'm just so so worried that this could happen. I mean, I think that's right. I think when Luca gave Luca gave an interview to a local television affiliate, and everybody did the thing where we read too much into like Luca's posture, Luca's answers, and most of his answers were pretty good. Most of his answers seemed to where it's not like he's looking to leave. Is I think where I fall. But this becomes much more of a, can the Mavericks build a competitive team around him? And when I go down these rabbit holes, the James Harden comps and things like that, those Houston Rocket teams, now granted, I'm sorry, Harden didn't even go to the Rockets till he was 23. So it's it's a different situation. But those teams turned over every stone to figure out how to build around him in a way that would work. It didn't work, but that doesn't mean they didn't try everything. I think our sort of concern yeah. at the moment is that everything the Mavericks tried the past four years has, it's not that they were necessarily bad. It's just, they haven't worked out. And so it's making yeah. everyone, it's making me and a lot of us a little uncomfortable because there is, you know, I, I wrote about this four weeks ago, three weeks ago, there is no easy solution. What this is just going to yeah. be a slog of a season. And I, I hope I'm wrong. I don't see it at the moment. Yeah, I totally get that. I'm just, my hope is that we don't, well, I'm just using John Collins as an example because, you know, there's a rumor, you know, the rumor was going around or whatever, but some like not max worthy player on the max for the next couple of years, like a, you know, a Tobias Harris sort of contract. If we, if we put in a trade for someone like that, where we're, even letting go of Wood, I understand the whole massive uh, asset management thing about Wood's probably going to leave. But I'm almost at the point where having a terrible long-term contract like Pazingas, that was a negative as well. Like I don't see the positive in just putting two small contracts together to go like, oh, let's at least keep something on the books. Because we haven't done anything with those ones that are on the books. I don't trust it. It almost, right. it almost turns into more of a negative than a positive. And so... I, I understand where people are coming from when they're talking about wanting to, you know, have asset management and not lose wood for nothing. But I would much rather lose them for nothing than get on the books for a crappy contract. But yeah, sure. I mean, I, we're we're about to find out. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Be an interesting couple of months. Well, thanks so much, buddy. We'll awesome. talk soon. All right. That's all I have, man. All right. See ya. Yep. Bye. All right, guys. This has been fun. More fun than, you know, I was not really feeling it just because I'm tired, but always loves talking with you guys. We'll be back here on Wednesday night. Check out Mavs Moneyball. We've got a number of weird and fun things going up tomorrow. All right, guys, uh, have a better Tuesday, and we will talk Wednesday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.